Well, good morning, Journey. You know, Dory and I, we saw a lot of these this year, boxes. And I'd be okay if I never saw a box again because of moving. We had countless of these laying around, and I wish we could say we had them all unpacked and put away, but that's not the case, you know. But when they were unpacked, we were very quick. We got rid of them as fast as we could. They either went to recycling or we found another couple that was moving to Omaha, and we just, like, gave them all our boxes because we didn't want to see any more of these. You know, so as I think about our past year, it could be represented by a box like this and our move. Now, a box like this could also represent your year, whether you moved or not. And by that I mean, you know, we all like carry around a box and we put our life junk in it. We put stuff in it. We, we pack it away with our burdens and then we, we duct tape it shut, hoping that it never comes out again. And we pack away a lot of our burdens, so in our boxes go health worries and concerns. In our boxes go job worries, financial burdens. In some of your boxes go raising children or marriage challenges. Some of your boxes contain abuse and addictions. And we pack them up, we tuck them away, hopefully that we never see boxes again. So what, what do you do with your box? I mean, with, with each passing day, with each passing year, you know, as we get to the end of this year, our boxes get pretty heavy because we've been packing stuff in it all year long. And we stuff it away and our box gets heavier and heavier and we, be, we become ashamed by what's in it, so we try to hide it. Now starting out in January of each year, your, your box might be about this size. But as time progresses, your box might start to look like this one. It gets a little bigger, a little heavier, and a little heavier. And by the time December hits, you're trying to lug around a box this size with all of your life junk in it. Well, some boxes that come this size have this image on it, something like that. It says Team Lift. You know, it, it reminds us that it's not a one-person one job when you see the image like this. Now, when, when you see this, you could respond in, in one or two different ways. You could look at it and say, they must mean somebody else. I got this, step aside, I can tackle this box by myself. And some of you probably try it. The other way to respond to that kind of image is to go look for a friend and say, you know what, I do need someone to help with a team lift. But let me ask you this, does, does your life need to look a little bit more like that image? As, as we go through this life, as we look back at this past year, you know, should, should our year look like this image where, yes, our box is heavy, but we have a team in place to carry it? You know, you might have a, a thousand Facebook friends, but no one to say, you know, I've got this box and I, I need some help. Because to do that, to say that, to ask for that means you have to be vulnerable you have to be transparent, and you got to be willing to ask, can you give me a hand with this box of life stuff? 
Now, for some of you, you might have had a person on the other end of the box. You, you have a name in mind, and you started out as a team lift, yet for whatever reason, they dropped their end of the box. And you're left struggling on your own. You're left maybe even hurt or wounded. And for some of you, you've reached out a hand, extended a hand to someone that you love, and they've turned it away. Well, one of the standout characteristics of the church as we look at it in the New Testament is that the church is all about engaging in people's lives. You know, the church is about relationships and it's about a commitment to that community that we call the church. And scripture, the scriptures that connect us to that, you know, we call the one another's or the each other's. Galatians chapter 6 describes it this way in verse 2. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you fulfill the law of Christ. In other words, if, if you go through life with a team lift approach, if you're picking up each end of the box together, you're fulfilling the law of Christ. But so often when we think of law, and, and we go a different direction. In, in my neighborhood, for example, I have lawmen all around. I have a state trooper literally across the street, and around the corner I have a sheriff. So it's great because it makes it real quiet on Friday and Saturday nights in our neighborhood. But it also reminds me every time I pull into the neighborhood, I'm thinking, man, i got to obey all the traffic laws. You know? So I come to a complete stop, I'm signaling, you know, because I'm, I'm nervous, all these guys are around me. And that's what often I think about when I hear the word law. You know, a list of rules, a list of regulations. I better drive within, within the set standards that are out there, things that we cannot do. Yet here in Galatians chapter 6, it tells us that we fulfill the law of the Old Testament, all what we read in the New Testament, when we carry each other's burdens. So what does that look like? What does a spirit-led, Christ-centered, disciple-making community look like when we carry each other's burden? Well, that means like when we see somebody going through difficulty, when we see somebody struggling with their end of the box, you intentionally stop and help, or you stop and pray for them. You see a need, and you meet it. You see someone discouraged, you encourage them, and we carry each other's burdens. So let me ask you, how's that going for you? What, what, what does your box look like, and, and do you have somebody on the other end of your box, and are you standing on the other end of someone else's box? What burdens are you helping carry? You know, in, in Genesis chapter 1, as we read the creation account, after each day, God stops and he says, man, that's good. What I just created, what I just spoke into existence, that's good, that's good. And then in Genesis chapter 2, he creates man, and he looks at man alone, and he says, that's, no, that's not good. He, he looks at our self-determination. He looks at our desire to be independent, our self-reliance, our do-it-yourself kind of attitude, and God says, that's not good. He says, we need helpers. So the law of Christ is that we be there for each other, that we carry each other's burdens. I don't want to lose sight of that as we wrap up this, this past year and as we look forward to the next year. I don't, want to, I don't want us to get comfortable with independence. This morning, we want to look at just a couple of verses from Hebrews chapter 10. 
So if you have your Bible with you or your app, op open up to there. And, and near the end of Hebrews 10, there's a few verses that just describe this group of believers, these, these followers of Jesus who are just tired and exhausted and weary. And the past tense language is used. So it, it uses word like, man, you endured, you, you were insulted, you were persecuted, you suffered, you joyfully accepted this, you dealt with it well, and you weathered all of that stuff. And how do they do that? Well, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23, gives us the insight. It says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. Now, that word unswervingly is not a word that we use every day in our everyday language. You probably haven't used it this past week, and I'd be safe to say you probably won't use it this coming week as well. But it simply means, you know, not turning to one side or another, not, not changing lanes. It's describing how we are to live our li life of faith day after day, running down the same track. Now, I, I've been known to drive swervingly at times. Now, that has nothing to do, you know, it's not because I'm, I'm drinking or anything like that. But I just enjoy looking around at the scenery when I drive. So I'm looking at the crops, I'm looking at the hills, I'm looking at the sunset or the sunrise. So in my driving, the sound of the rumble strips is the sound of my driving. You know, Dory gets on me about that, but I just think of it as I want to use the full extent of my lane, you know. <laughs> So, uh, you know, I'm just kind of, I'm, I'm, I tend to vary, and <laughs> one of the cars we have has this little, um, has like a lane, I don't know what they call it, but shakes the wheel if you go to too far over, and it got so bad that I just shut that feature off. So, so I can, it's, I got tired of it like alerting me every time I got over to the edge, you know. But, th and that's just how I like to drive. I'm always looking around. Well, Hebrews chapter 10 tells us to stay in the one lane of faith. Stay in your lane of following Jesus. Well, how do we do that? Well, we, we don't go at it alone, that's for sure. Because verse 24 of Hebrews 10 goes on and says this, And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Again, that word spur is not always a word that we associate with encouragement and love and good deeds because, you know, when, when I think of spur, I think of cowboys and those spiked things they wear on their heels that they use to urge a horse on just to kind of like prod it and irritate it and annoy it enough to get moving. So when you read a verse like this, it's essentially saying annoy one another towards love and unswerving living. That's what the scripture's telling us. In, in other words, do whatever we need to do to encourage whether or not to give up, to encourage each other to keep following Jesus, whether you're being annoying or irritating or not, do what is necessary to carry each other's burdens so that they stay in the lane of following Jesus. So how do we do that? How do we spur one another on? I want to give you five ways this morning. Granted, there are are a lot more than five, but just five to kind of get us started as we think back to this past year and as we look forward to this next year, stepping into this next year with some intentionality about carrying each other's burdens. One is that we just show up for each other. So back to chapter uh, or verse 24 of Hebrews 10, we can finish the sentence. 
Because at the beginning, like I read, it said, let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. And then it continues, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. So show up for another, one another. That means in, in the coming year, let's make the commitment to connect. And by that, I mean f- be physically present in one another's lives. You know, spurring one another on and, and take, you know, that means being there for each other. Now, over, over the holidays, you might have spent time with extended family, you know, you, and some of you with bigger extended families, you gather together and it doesn't take long to identify those in your family that are carrying a really big box around or, or dragging it behind them, struggling with it. And, and the same is true for a church family. When we make the commitment to connect to one another, when we show up for each other, you know, we realize that we all have a box of some size or dimension and weight that we're carrying around. And as a church family, when we show up, when we connect, we can help carry each other's boxes. So we connect with one another on Sundays, in a midweek life group, one-on-one for coffee at, at the local coffee shop taking each other out for a lunch or breakfast, a meal around the kitchen table, those are ways that we connect to one another. Because sometimes, I mean, sometimes we are just a little too private with our struggles, aren't we? Or we think no one else deals with this area like I do. But I have found that that when you are vulnerable and transparent and begin to talk about your troubles, quite often the response is, oh, me too. I'm struggling with that too. And those could be the two most powerful words that you ever hear in your life when someone says, me too. You know, it's easy to be anonymous in church. On Sunday mornings, you can walk in and walk out and and not really say hi, more than hi to anybody. So I want to encourage you in this coming year to consider stepping into a life group or a D group. And we're going to be talking a lot more about that starting in January. We're going to make that an emphasis of our disciple-making pathway, about doing more than just a Sunday morning congregational gather, but, but getting involved in community during the week as well. So another way that we can carry each other's burden beyond just showing up for one another is to pray for each other. And, and when I say pray for each other, you know, uh, quite often Christians say, you know, oh, I'll be praying for you. Oh, that's, you know, you talk about your struggles, your burdens. Oh, that's, that's too bad. I'll pray for you. Well, when I say pray for each other, I mean we really do pray for each other. James chapter 5 says, therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So, When's the last time you asked someone to pray for you? You know, when's the last time you acknowledge, hey, this is, I'm struggling in this area, would you pray for me? And what's stopping you from doing that? Or when's when's the last time that you asked someone else, "Can, can I pray for you? You know, as a church family, we're we're working towards making prayer just a part of our DNA, something that we do not only individually but, but corporately together. You know, this coming year we're going to continue our pray, praise and prayer nights on the third Monday of every month, 7 o'clock, right in here. 
and we gather together with no other agenda than to worship and to pray. We set aside an hour, we intermix uh, worship songs with some guided prayer as we just strive to make in that just something that we do, who we are as a church family, and still in that habit of prayer. And every, every Sunday morning, there's a group of people that gather right outside these double doors in the prayer room, and they pray for our services every morning, every Sunday morning. And I would love to see that group grow. So if you want to come at 8 o'clock and pray, man, let me encourage you to do so and just lift up the ministry of Journey Christian Church. So pray for each other. Pray for the church. Pray for the leadership. Pray for those that, that are struggling and really uh, make, make, it that, make that your habit. Third thing we can do is encourage one another. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 says this, Therefore, encourage one another with these words. The word encourage literally means to speak courage into. And think about when does a person need courage? Well, in the midst of difficulty, in the midst of struggle, in the midst of times where they really want to tap out, when they just want to cash it in and move on and give up, that's when we as a church family come alongside them and speak courage into them. But speaking courage is, is a whole lot more than just saying, hey, good job, you know, keep it up, pat, pat them on the back and, and move along. You no, know, speaking courage into someone's life sometimes means you, you have to speak some hard words. Sometimes you have to be very upfront, you have to be blunt, you have to be deliberate in what, what you're saying because you're speaking into their life in the midst of difficulty that you want to encourage them to see them get through it. So encourage one another with sincerity, with intentionality, with being deliberate. Another way we can carry each other's burdens is through serving one another. Galatians chapter 5 simply says in verse 13, serve one another humbly in love. I love that. That, that means we're, we're putting one another's needs ahead of ourselves. We're, in other words, we're helping people pick up their box. And when you do, the amazing part, when you help pick up somebody else's box, our own box gets a whole lot lighter, doesn't it? Because we're, we're focused on serving one, one another, we're focused on serving someone else, and our own burdens then all of a sudden don't seem so heavy. Now there are people right around you right now, in your family, in your life, in your sphere of friends who are carrying a really heavy box. It's been a rough year for them. They've experienced loss. They've gone through some difficulty. Man, consider what you can do to pick up the other end of their box. That's what it means to be a church family. Fred Craddock, who's a professor of preaching and, a, and an author, uh, tells a story one time of a baptism in his South Tennessee town. And for this church, they would do the baptisms in a local lake. And because it was a little on, on the little on the chilly side, they would always build a bonfire afterwards. And after the baptism, they would gather around the bonfire, and as they'd warm each other, uh, the people of the church would just begin to make introductions to the person that was baptized. And they'd go around the circle and say, like, hi, my name is Mary, and if, and if you need any cleaning done, just give me a call. Hi, my name's Jeff, and I work on cars, so if you need repairs, give me a call. 
And my name's Sue, and I, I have an extra guest room, and if you ever need some space, uh, you're welcome to come over. And my name's Kathy, and I love to do babysitting, so if you need a night out, uh, just give me a call. And my name's Bill, and I like to work on computers, so if you need tech help, call me. And Craddock, as he tells the story, he, he leans over to one of his church leaders there that night, and he says, I've got a name for what, what is here tonight, and it's church. This is the church. Journey, that's who we are. Church is not a program we watch on a screen. Church is not a place to attend one hour a week. It's a family that we are a part of and a community to commit to. It's where we love each other, where we care for each other, where we pick up each other's box and help carry each other's burden. That journey is a place where we can do that this coming year. Because church includes those two words of each other. So as, as we look back at this past year and, and examine our own box, maybe we need to read that label again That's, and say to ourselves, yeah, I could have done better at asking someone to pick up the other end of my box. And as we look forward to this coming year, we need to read that label as well and say, who can I pick up the box with? So just very practically, I want you to think about one person, one person that you can grab the other end of that box for, and then think of an, another person who you can approach and say, will you help me with my box? There's a, a beautiful picture of what this looks like in the story of Team Hoyt. And this is the story of a father and son, Dick and Rick Hoyt. And Dick, the father, has been pushing and pedaling and pulling his son along in marathons and triathlons for years. And it's a beautiful picture of team lifting. I want you to watch this story for a moment.
as the band comes forward this morning, I just want to encourage you, Journey, that together we run. We are stronger together. We are better together. And this year, as we step into this, this coming year, let's do it together. Let's make that commitment to, to carry each other's burden because when we do it, we are stronger together. Let me pray. Father, I want to thank you for just the message of Scripture that encourages us to carry each other's burdens so that we might spur one another on towards love and good deeds so that we might uh, keep each other going during hard times. Father, we can do this because of your son Jesus, because of the Holy Spirit that, that you give us. So Lord, as, as we step into a new year, may we step into a new commi commitment that we are better together. So thank you, Jesus. And we pray this in, in your name.